0: Welcome to Fargo Talks Fargo, a podcast on the FX television series Fargo. I'm Bill, and I'm back with my buddy Sharpie. We're in season five, and if you don't know us, and you've skipped the hot dish double episode, right, Sharpie? That's right. That was that was a mouthful, I bet, wasn't it, for him?
1: Mm, it, uh, it's fitting, you know, because it's Thanksgiving, and we had two hot dishes.
0: Yeah, I'm a little salty with FX for doing this to us, because it honestly is creating a little bit of a, if we could complain about our things, you're
1: talking but, about a doubleheader over a holiday weekend.
0: Doubleheader over a holiday weekend. We're we're both excited about this show, but it's hard to find time to double watch a show, record episodes, do stuff. You traveled from you. I'm still living in Fargo. Yep. You live in Colorado. That's right. In the Denver area, and you traveled to Texas. Yes, I was in Houston yesterday. Now I'm back yeah. in Denver.
1: Yeah, uh, watching because uh, people don't realize that we we. We do the two shows, right? We do the hot dish, and then we do our longer takes, or more mm-hmm. deep dives. But that means uh, we do have to watch the show a couple times. A couple of times. So that's at least four hours of watching uh, to get this together. Plus,
0: I, I had to eat. I had to go to my in-laws. I had to travel over there. I had to eat. I had to come home. I had to take a freaking 90-minute nap that I said was going to be 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you can't just uh,
1: travel in, in Fargo universe time. You can't just go to... You know, the has been an is, hour.
0: As Yeah. We'll just, hey, I'm just going to run from fake Scandia all the way over <laughs> to somewhere near Stark County, Beulah, which is, boy, that's probably six hours. Okay. We're not, you know what? We're not here to ruin your willing suspension of disbelief. <laughs> we're just two guys who don't get paid to do any of this. We have no sponsorships. We just do this out of pure- For the love of the game. Well- love of the game. So, season 5, episode 1, The Tragedy of Commons. Mm-hmm. Uh, which as I mentioned in the hot dish and we may hopefully I don't say anything. A lot of people may not know. We got a little uh, we got a little uh, overzealous in the hot dish. I actually cut a bunch of stuff out of the hot dish.
1: <laughs> so, not the butter, but, not the cheese, not the heavy no. cream, and not the cream of mushroom soup. Just the None conspiracy the-
0: theories. All sorts of those. Although I, yeah. So tragedy, Commons, sharpie. What? Where? Where do you want to? T- where do you want to take us from this? This opening at the school, you know. And I'm sure some people are going to be, you know, like ugh, relevant to today's political worlds. But you know what? Yeah, all this shit's relevant. But where do you want to hey, take us? I'm where sorry. do you want to take uh, us first?
1: Stuff is going to get political because that's just kind of the nature of this show. It's not like we're wedging it in there. There's just a lot of political commentary going on in this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't like it, you're probably not watching the show. And if you're watching the show, then you're putting it up with it somehow or another. Um, yeah. Let's start out with the fall
0: festival planning committee, because uh, that's where we open <laughs> up. <laughs> nice, nice catch. I saw that. I wrote that in my uh, my notes too. The that what what were they planning?
1: Yeah, I don't know what the fall festival planning committee is, uh, but clearly there's um well, they're on, they're in the school theater, right? At the Scandia mm-hmm. Middle School, I believe it is. Um, and, and the school's all decorated for the play of that year. Which is you caught that? Yes, night nightmare, nightmare before Christmas. Before Christmas, which I actually didn't catch the first time through. I, I knew that there, there were a couple of nightmare before Christmas references, uh, but not as many as I thought when I rewatched. Um, obviously, the the music that comes later um, that was a that was a big one. So it's like, oh, cool, nightmare before Christmas. Um, but right off the bat, first scene of season five, you were at the fall festival planning committee in the school and there's that big swirly hill shape. That's from the cover of the nightmare before Christmas poster. Um, and I saw that right away and I was like, Oh my God, how did I not put that together? I, I didn't see that. I was like, there's clearly a nightmare before Christmas theme going on. And then it's just like blatantly obvious. It's just like plastered on the posters outside of the school. Um, <laughs> but I was like, Oh, that's that cool little hill that Jack Skellington is on, on the cover of the, of the movie art. And then And then you see like a little swirl, also with a moon hanging below it, right behind the podium. And I was like, "Oh, that's just like it. It's definitely a reference." And then when you back out and you see even more of that, it's it's actually Jack Skellington in front of the moon, um, or or some a similar figure figure in front of that moon as you can see more of it. So right. uh, at first I thought they were being kind of sneaky, but I guess they were just being like blatantly obvious. And it appears that Nightmare Before Christmas is going to possibly be some sort of theme that interweaves itself throughout the season. Don't know yet, um, but it's definitely heavy on this episode.
0: I feel like generally, if I'm, I ho- if I'm misremembering, please call me out. But most of the other episodes kind of had early on the first words on the page were, we're about the whole. Um, this is a true story, and the word "true" either comes and goes. Um, this season opened with Minnesota nice. Oh yeah, which is How do we, uh, yeah. which is which is. Uh, this says one, as if there's more than one <laughs> <laughs> definition. An aggressively pleasant demeanor, often forced, in which a person is chipper. Which, by the way, solid use of the word "chipper" there mm. for real chipper. Uh, a person is chipper and self-effacing, no matter how bad things get. What do you? I mean, is that how you would define Minnesota nice? Because I I've found it hard to describe to people.
1: You know, it is hard to describe, and I think there's going to be a debate over the definition mm-hmm. of it. But, um, I, uh, what what was in the thing? Overly aggressive or something like it that. It says
0: an aggressively pleasant demeanor that is often forced, in which a person is chipper and self-effacing, no matter yes. how bad things get
1: aggressive and often forced I think is uh, are great words mm-hmm. for it because i I particularly think the whole Minnesota nice thing um even if you're on the north Dakota side is there's definitely uh, uh the more you get to the more you get familiar with it the more sort of passive aggressive it kind of seems uh and often kind of fake to be honest
0: <laughs> no I'm with you it, it is I mean it, I will say people are generally nice here in in real way but it's just sometimes if you don't know the subtleties of it, you it's hard to tell the difference. So I just thought it was interesting. We, we can kind of visit that about it, but I just thought there's got to be a reason that they open with that just to let us know more. Um, can, I, can, I, can I pitch to you real quick just a little bit of the I've Seen All the Good People Yes opening song, some lyric, some, can, I, can I spit some lyrics at you quick? Uh, yeah, let's get into it. So during this whole fight scene, and we've, we've teased people a little bit with the double episode one and two, and what I thought was really interesting is the lyrics uh, to this song are, I've seen all the good people turn their heads each day, so satisfied I'm on my way. Take a straight, straight and stronger, and stronger. Because it's time, it's time in time with your time, and it's news is captured for the queen to use. I just thought very interesting that we're opening with this um this woman, this this uh seemingly, you know, who we don't know a lot about yet, this this housewife. I I know that they work very diligently because of our past interviews, but A, there's mention of a queen, and we eventually know because we talked about there's the debt queen. And there's a wife, there's a queen, uh, take a strong and straight and strong course to the corner of your life. I just thought very interesting and great use of the music in, in the middle of this. And they, they even, they, they pan away from, or they pan, they fade out the music and dot basically tells Scotty, like, if anyone tries to stop us, bite them on the ankle, there was a total like freedom. <laughs> Go back and listen. a couple of people are screaming freedom. Yeah. Um, but I just thought that they come back, that they sort of move away from the m- song because the song's very uh, edited a little But They come right back to the, I've seen all the good people turn their heads each day so satisfied. It's, yeah, pretty interesting. Good, good opening. Great job. Can't wait to hopefully talk to Maggie Phillips if she could make time for us.
1: You know what I was thinking we should do this year? We mm. should make a shared playlist of the soundtrack oh, of goodness.
0: Fargo. That'd be fun and uh, every week
1: we can update it and let the listeners follow along.
0: God, then we'll, you know what? It's America. Now we'll get into a fight over whether that should be on Spotify, Apple Music, or YouTube Music.
1: No, I think the- we'll do Spotify and Apple Music. That should be easy enough.
0: We've been told very clearly that this is a turning on its head of the original Fargo uh, thing, but um, interesting to watch you know this whole cop rear view shot scene that's very reminiscent of marge mm. and, and, you know having her conversation and um but we Definitely get a very a nod
1: what's the world coming to is all i'm saying
0: yeah all that for a little bit yeah what's the world coming to uh wasn't it something about neighbor against neighbor yep also just you know like well maybe you should have thought of that mom being carted away in handcuffs but i thought it is kind of interesting that you know the ridiculousness of, of some of the things going on but I thought the uh, "don't come at a mama" line when she's got her cub, you know, because we've we have mentioned that there's there's this tigery theme that's that's going to happen. But I I thought that was a really nice kickoff to the episode. Sets the pace and tone for us. For Dot, like I had mentioned, is not to be trifled with. But also the fact that even their conversation in polite Minnesota, Indira is immediately like, "Yeah, well." Don't tase people. <laughs> yeah, you know, like <laughs> I liked how she wrapped
1: it up. She she said some uh, Indira. Is that how we're saying your name, Indra?
0: Indira. We yeah, we should Indira. Indira. Uh, uh, well, Deputy Olmstead. How about that? Deputy we'll, we'll, Olmstead. We'll try to yes. pay pay more attention. Yeah.
1: Uh, Deputy Olmstead. Uh, she wraps it up with, well, you know what they call a herd alliance? A pride. A pride. A pride. So think about that. Pride. That's a deadly mm-hmm. sin. Yes so could be another we know that biblical references are throughout this entire universe um and often leaned on i don't know if that will be one but mm-hmm. um she did say so think about that
0: yeah um other other things that i still you know cuz we we really you and i do love to make our connections right to previous seasons i was really happy to see her uh booking photo was was nice i mean even the placement of her hand and how she held it was pretty damn close shot for shot to uh, Raising Arizona. Mm-hmm. Always super fun. And I think that's the details. And I think that's the reason you and I have such a hard time with this sometimes is that we we get so caught up in the background and the foreground because there's there's so much going on. But very early, though, this set of things sets the tone for all sorts of stuff. Like She's clearly worried about the national database and her fingerprints. I mean, when you... When you heard that, were you just immediately like, "Oh, what'd you do? What or what have you done? Or what are you hiding?" Of
1: course, from? I mean, she's a like, yeah, she's so nervous. Obviously, biting her fingernails. Um, mm-hmm. She knows that her name's gonna pop up somewhere on a computer, and somebody is gonna catch that. And who would that somebody be? Well, it would most likely be somebody in law enforcement.
0: Yes, but until they decide to tell us who that is, we we get to see. Her her husband, who's Wayne, who is a little bit of a, well, within about a minute and a half, we we realize he's kind of mom's in charge because regardless of the fact that she's just been arrested and is being bailed out of jail, he's dressed up and she's like, what? whoa, and he's like, oh, it's family picture day. Don't worry, I brought your makeup bag and your frock, <laughs> which, okay, sorry, I didn't even look that up. Really? A f- <laughs> frock? What up with that? Enlighten Whoa, me. What a, is a frock? W- w- Wikipedia. <laughs> Wikipedia just looked it up now. Should I know? Is a frock as a dress worn by a woman in contemporary times? Frock maybe de- may still designate a woman's or girl's or child's dress or light overdress. I don't know.
1: Leave it to us, couple of dudes with no kids.
0: No kids to not we, know what a frock. We have no men. idea what we're talking about. <laughs> That's going to be a theme throughout this show. By the way. I'm hoping you have an answer to what you brought up because I got none, but I just, I could not stop when we, when we finally get to Lorraine Lyons house, mm. the painting, did you find it? Please tell me you found something out about the painting. Dude, <laughs> shocker, I- shocker. We don't plan this conversation. <laughs> we like to have these conversations as they happen.
1: Yeah. Did you find anything? I found absolutely nothing. Um, dang it. I spent a good 30 minutes on this. Maybe I'm a terrible Googler. Um, I'm sure somebody's going to come up with something at, at some point throughout the season. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about the house or the, the painting in the house, yes. uh, in the lion's house, right in the entryway. There are two men. One appears to be a priest of some sort. Um, or a member of the church of some of uh, uh, of some stature, and they're both riding on the back of another man, and they're seemingly having a great time, uh, and they're running away from a house. Yeah,
0: the one the one man when you say he's a priest, he's he's wearing a a coat, and he sort of looks like he's yelling at the guy behind him, but he has a cross on his. Around his yeah, neck on a very large red Yeah, that's the only reason why ribbon. I say that. Yeah. They're riding on another, the shoulders of another man. It's, it's a weird game of chicken, or what, what, what did we call that when we were young? Yeah, that was it. Yeah. As long as you're in a pool. Yeah, well, they're not. They're in front <laughs> of some sort of farmhouse wearing some very colonial Williamsburg dress. And then the well, security guard walks up and just stops in front of it, which, of course, if they hadn't shot it that way, I would have been like, why would I notice this? Yeah, I'm not sure
1: what it is. I'll uh, uh, I'll just skip ahead uh, uh, real quick, but and we'll come back to it, obviously. Okay. But the gas station towards the end of the episode, it's called Revere. So Ooh. I don't know if 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 this painting is like <laughs> some sort of weird Paul Revere reference, um, where he's uh, riding on the back of another man, telling people how the British are coming. Is that how it went?
0: Well, I I mean the minute you're saying this now, this sorta of ties me back to this whole conversation I brought up about the tragedy of commons about these overlapping themes, especially in the TV series, Fargo, of like, you know, I'm not gonna go down the well, not yet, maybe uh the the, the the Wizard of Oz business of what is the Tin Man stand for, but just in general, the you know, it's the, the debt queen holding holding the debts of other people. And I, I really want to hear a little bit more about your astute observations about everybody. Multiple people seem to think DOT owes them a debt. But yeah, you've definitely got me wondering. I was like, is this about the history of our our country and the, the weight that we carry on things? Maybe I'm trying too hard well, here. I don't
1: know. Since you brought it up, the, the title mm-hmm. of the episode is The Tragedy of the Commons. Um, do you want to just get into that right now?
0: We can do it wherever you want. I just eventually I just want to make sure we talk about how great they look with those guns and the fact that they have a lot of borzoi dogs. Yeah, I'm not a dog
1: person. I don't know dog types. I was gonna ask you no, what those that types what, of dogs I are. I
0: originally thought it was an Afghan and then I realized they didn't have long enough hair and I realized it's a Borzoi, which are um the Russian dogs. Okay. Dogs? Pravda Pravda Na Pravda, season three, y'all. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, what talk to me about the Tragedy Commons a little bit.
1: Well, I was hoping you would enlighten us on the tragedy of Oh, comments.
0: Dang. Just just <laughs> tennis tennis ping pong in it, huh? I mean, the the bottom line of what I got from that was just the that there's just this unchecked amount of like there there's only so much of everything. Money, time, space, uh wealth, things that are, you know, and eventually we 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 start humans kind of sort of ruin it. That's why I think this concept and I did not read this super deep um But so I'm just, I'm not going to pretend I'm a a master at it. But I mean, it's like, that's why it goes from everything from economy to ecology. It's like overgrazing, overeating, over over everything. And you just, you keep going because you feel like you have the privilege to it. But eventually you're like, oh, wow, I've really, I've really messed things up because there isn't an, 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 there's a, there's a limit, right? Mm. That's the tragedy of the commons is that it's, it's a, you know, like even Wikipedia would call it. I think there's a part where they talk about it that it's considered in, it's used a lot in, in, in relation to environmental issues and sustainability, um, resources, water, wood, all of these things. Um, but I think that's what we're starting to look at is like, what is it that everybody wants in this, right? This episode. And it's that people are upset and we're reaching a boiling point at the school meeting or wherever it is. People are just, they're upset. Why? We're, we're reaching a a limit of like certain points of humankind. Maybe I'm not, I'm not talking like Mm. end of days here. I'm just talking about can't get on a Delta flight without somebody freaking out. Um, (laughs) Different topic, but but yeah, that's the the tragedy of commons. And you know, we're here, we're here at this house, which, I don't know. Well, I'm glad you were saying that because I think that theme is carried out, is
1: carried out throughout this house as you look all around it.
0: Yeah, it's it's excess everywhere, right? How many? There's paintings. Like, snap your fingers. Everybody gets a gun. Yeah. But yeah, it was like make a choice. You know, the drink or the gun. That was kind of funny. That part where he was he couldn't. What's his name? Wink. I think is his name. He couldn't figure yeah. out. <laughs> he couldn't figure out if you should put down the drink. <laughs> <laughs> but Gunthing, she said, "It's about strength as a family," and I was like, "Who is it? Mm-hmm. Is
1: it strength or is it weakness?" That photo clearly, um, well, I don't know if clearly, but it, it seemed like a callback to that um, Kentucky congressman uh, Massey, I think his name was. Remember, a few years mm-hmm. ago, mm-hmm. Um, a congressman in Kentucky took a photo almost exactly like that. There were windows. Oh, really? There was a tree. The whole family sitting. Uh, oh uh, in two yeah layers, right. and they are all holding guns as just mm-hmm. uh, you know to own the libs um and they sure did didn't they um so that was uh yeah that was that's just kind of like saying where they are maybe politically um i thought it was um speaking of tragedy of the commons and just like america deteriorating i thought that was kind of a theme in here cuz you did you see that painting behind the three men behind you've got wink you've got uh danish and then between them who was that? Like, the Attorney General or something like that? Um, yeah, at
0: dinner. Well, yeah, like, that was the other thing, is, like, we got a Christmas photo, and now we've got the... Just the Attorney General just popped by for din-din. For yeah, so if you look behind them,
1: behind the dinner table, behind them, there's three American flags, and the oh first American flag is, like, intact. Oh. The middle one's kind oh. of falling apart. The third one is, like, in rags. Deteriorating. And, so, and it's kind of in the order of the characters. So Wink is obviously, like... He feels like along for the ride like his wife is calling all the shots. He's just he's just playing ball kind of not necessarily a strong character, not necessarily mm-hmm. a force, just kind of like he's just kind of there. He uh he makes do and the flag behind him is like, you know, in fine condition. Then behind the attorney general is starting to get a little bit more deteriorated and then behind uh Danish who's clearly, you know, uh
0: the, the one-eyed mafia. lawyer weirdo.
1: <laughs> yeah. He's uh he's definitely in the business of, you know, organized crime to some degree, whatever this dead business is. And that flag is just in shreds. So I feel like those those are like little symbols of like how Man. maybe crooked each of those characters are.
0: It's I'm laughing at you bringing it up because I, I had it posted as one of my notes of like, don't go down this road, Bill. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear your weird things and What's had, that? Well, my comment was that the flag, the farther right you go, the more deteriorated the flag is, but I'm not honestly, I really am not trying to say that there I can't like that. be, I, I like your, I like your look better. I really like the character references much more. I think it's a much more interesting, uh, uh like observation, but I did notice that I just thought. Uh, I'm not gonna bring it up, but since yeah. Did... So maybe
1: I mean maybe we'll see the AG kind of that he that's that is what he is right. Um, well, he we'll... he does
0: say that our nation is under siege in that in, in that mm-hmm. in that in that spot.
1: I think we'll kind of see him. Maybe we'll see him like playing both sides a little bit in in still a crooked way. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So Danish Graves I think this is interesting though Because I mean What a character What a name mm-hmm. yeah. uh, The silver hair And then the silver Like white eye patch we, We're we starting to see Pirates being a theme Throughout this episode as well Because um, Later Later in the episode um, You know Dot Is reading to Scotty A children's book About pirates mm-hmm. um, They mentioned something about uh, What was scur- Scurvy Swags Or something like that That's true um, and Danish has an eye patch, which we commonly associate with pirates. For some reason, I don't know if there is any truth to that. What I um, mean, like, where do you think this pirate theme's going? It's too early to tell. I mean, yeah. I think we're are laying the foundation a bit. There's a lot. There's a lot to go off of here. We've got. Uh, well, you were mentioning the dogs. Dogs uh, come, came up a couple times in this episode as well, um, in very backgroundy ways. Um, but when Dot was what when when the two kidnappers were coming over to Dot's house. They're, she was watching a morning program. And on yes. that morning program, a guest was a dog and a dog psychologist. Um,
0: what? Was that really yeah. what it was?
1: Yeah. Well, glad you saw it. I didn't catch it. So we'll kind of keep an eye on that and see if maybe some dogs are some themes. But let's take it back. We're, let's get get back to the lion's house. There's all kinds of craziness going on. She's She's got henchmen. She's got... Um, uh, statues of lions, kind of throughout. It's obviously a big, beautiful place. We learn that Wayne can't even tie a mm-hmm. tie, or he he can tie a tie, but he does it backwards. Yes, uh, because he's thinking about you know probably the only way he's ever tie a tie on himself. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so we just kind of we we kind of learn how incapable Wayne is, and uh, yeah. you know, very much in like a Jerry Lundegaard kind of way. Yeah. He's just uh, aloof a little bit.
0: And he's like, he's also just, he's dependent on somebody else, you know, the same way <clears throat> that Jerry was dependent on his father-in-law though, right? You know, mm-hmm. th- that's the turn is that instead of it being his father, it it's it's her, f- you know what I mean? Like in the yeah. other, you know, th- the dad, you're going to stay for supper. Instead, it's the the full connection and the power is owned by... The, the, the car salesman's mother mm-hmm. we could probably go down a pretty heavy path of like what we loved about the the whole scene of of the kidnapping is there anything from that you kind of want to cover right now or can we or do you want to move ahead um well let's just there's a couple things I want to talk
1: about okay. in the lion's house okay before we get there Hit me um one was that Dot had made a point to Lorraine Lyon that she wanted to get more thrillers and stuff in the school curriculum, like in, yes, in the that. library, like thrillers and true crime stuff or not true crime, yeah. but that kind of stuff. Um, and then she says, she mentions, she specifically calls out Lee Child, which I thought was interesting. Um, Lee Child, most mostly known for the Jack Reacher series. Oh really? Uh, which is fairly new. I think they're two mm-hmm. seasons in or something. Uh, I believe that's on Amazon Prime. But so that's something I I, I thought was Not kind a of interesting. Not a
0: sponsor. Not a sponsor.
1: Not a sponsor. But it was. I thought it was interesting that she meant, mentioned Lee Child, and uh, I, I'm kind of curious as to where what her fascination with Jack Reacher is because I assume that's what it is. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting. And then as we are leaving that scene. You really have to kind of like crank up the volume to hear this because I don't even think it's mentioned in the subtitles, uh, which is a great way to, you know, make sure you catch everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Wink says, you know, Rommel wasn't a tall man. And then he goes off into he starts telling a story, which I assume is about Erwin Rommel, a German, a Nazi German in general. Uh, and then it fades oh. away into the next scene.
0: Yeah, that's that. Um, That's that tie you and I have said that sometimes when we we rewatch, we actually turn on closed captioning so we can really dial into some of the dialogue. I didn't catch that.
1: So as we leave that scene, Wink is clearly spinning up a story about this German Nazi general, uh, Mm -hmm. Erwin Rommel. uh, He was very famous He's known as the Desert Fox. He's a tank commander. Uh World War One and World War Two fought in North Africa, I think, in World War Two. Um, but what kind of followed him around is what's called the Rommel myth. Um he was very the the story goes that he's very much respected on both sides, that he was apolitical, not necessarily supporting of Hitler, not necessarily against Hitler or the Nazis in general, um, very much uh Spoke about, you know, leaving hate outside of war and all this kind of stuff, and how, you know, this is just, he's just doing a job and he's doing it well and with respect for both sides kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, That's kind of, but that's the myth. That's what um, people tried to build up this, you know, uh, build up his reputation as when the reality is quite different. He was a war criminal. He was, in fact,. you know deeply s- seated with Hitler. Yeah. Um he ended up committing suicide because there was a rumor that he was plotting against Hitler and then committed suicide I think 1944. Um so the the myth is that we've sort of like people have sort of like painted him as this saint like this apolitical guy when the fact was nope he was just kind of a crappy Nazi maybe a good general in the sense of he was good at, you know war and killing people and yeah. being a nazi um but he was no angel he was no saint just because he died and just because he was a good commander didn't make him like a respectable person yeah. um so that's the Rommel myth um hmm. and that's just assuming wink was talking about him but i thought it was interesting because it kind of it kind of plays into um these types of characters that that this family these family are they're like uh you know they're clearly like Very far right. They're very much like we're at war. There's a civil war coming. And these groups uh, tend to fantasize about fascism and about Nazis and about Nazi Germany and about how strong the Germans were. And my guess is that this is just kind of a a continuation of that theme. And Wink was going on into about to go off into saying, like, probably some story about how he admires. Erwin Rommel. Now that's just speculation. We'll never know. No, um, but it was it was interesting that they included it
0: right as that scene was tailing off.
1: Yeah, like that coming, gives you a little off,
0: peek. coming off an incredibly awkward dinner. Yeah, uh, You know, like moments after you've been bailed out of jail or whatever she called her, her little criminal or whatever. But yeah. Because
1: throughout that scene, you, you had no reason to like dislike Wink. He was clearly like not so into the gun photo and uh, he was just kind of minding his, his own business. Um, you know, he didn't want politics at the dinner table. Um, and then right at the end
0: there, it's like, nope, he's talking about Nazis. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. And that leads us out of that scene into the whole, do you want to take a tumble scene? Um Oh yeah. And we we kinda covered that, but um, you know me, I love to dissect the backgrounds. Um, I noticed that she had a a black swan figurine on her nightstand next to a picture. And I just mm. thought, hmm, you know, what a what a possibility, you know, a black swan, you know something you think you know what's going to be expected and and then you get this rarity and weird impact through things you know like a black swan event you know mm-hmm. or black swan theory but i know that's small but it's like when we look back you're like i'm already thinking of like well, yeah where have you been dot and of course this is going to happen to you do you know what i mean like what is happening the other thing i caught and i sent you a couple screenshots just cuz i wanted you to know exactly what i was seeing was dot has this these first flashbacks of roy and what you know, riding alone on his horse. Mm. Um, they're at a table, praying. Of course, I don't know who the old men are. Gator is, uh, is seated to his what his Roy's right hand, and on the left is what is obviously to be his. is his newer wife. And did you notice the two girls at the table are twins and they're dressed identical. Like just throwing full blown creepy uh shining vibes for me. They just don't have big wheels to ride around a giant overlook hotel. But the part I was <laughs> couldn't stop being like, "What the hell about is?" If you look, they've got orange juice in front of them, and they have hot dogs on their plate, and no one else has any food on their plate yet. But the, the but there's that next flash. I told you is not even a full second long. I no no joke. If, if you're watching this, I will try to find a way. We're working with putting podcast chapters in, in some places. But we have a flash, and it is in. A building of some sort, and it's in darkness. And mm. it is this is the photo I sent you, Sharpie. Yep. It is the Skellington. But if you look at it close, dude, Skellington's in a mask, and there is somebody with a full uniform on. But if you look, it's a sheriff. It says mm-hmm. somebody, and then two other characters in masks. So I'm kind of curious if this will come back as like, is she seeing the future, or are they trying to tell us something? And then it cuts back. All of to these him. masks,
1: by the way, are. Are from Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, I'm sorry,
0: I didn't say that. And then, yeah. and then we cut back to John Hamm, and then you cut back again to this darkness and Oli Munch too in this scene. But they're all carrying axes, so I don't know. I just wanted to point that out. And then, yeah, sorry, I was out of order a moment ago, and I apologize. But then 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 all the kidnapping happens but I don't want us to I just feel like that's the easy thing to get caught in when really based on what they're showing us through the lens of editing is the scene when he comes home uh, I brought this up to you and I don't know where it's going to go but I'm just going to say it now so we can talk about it later like when the door is open to the house um, and the blood is on the ground There, there's like a cut and you see that there's a drum set but there's also mm. um, a lot of do you notice how many stuffed animals are like crammed all over the house yeah Totally. You'll notice throughout this whole episode and the next episode that we can talk about, there's there's horses quite a bit, which is Roy. And there's, um, there's a tiger on the floor by the... A tiger one on the floor by the drum set as well. Yep. That's wrapped kind of more in like a pink bunny or something. But was there anything like weird you caught from the whole first time Deputy Olmstead shows up at the house? Yeah.
1: So there's... I think we're going to get into that drum set, and I think uh, you've got some pretty interesting points on that. But there, yeah, that'll come
0: in a few more seconds here. But there, yeah.
1: there's there's definitely some interesting things in that house. Um, obviously, the Olmsteads are deep into debt, um, yep. so that's a common theme. Everybody owes everybody something in this show. Um, but sh- but if you see behind her left shoulder, it's a framed print of a tiger.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so nice we've catch. got
1: two tigers nice. kind of we're working with here. we got Dot, uh, lots of tiger uh, symbology. And, um, and then we've got uh, Deputy Olmstead with the tiger behind her. So um, two tiger symbols for two strong women. Strong women, obviously a, a very uh, prominent theme in the Fargo universe. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think we're, we're going to be seeing more of that symbolism as well with Deputy Olmstead.
0: What do, you, what do you make of her? You know, we eventually are hearing this, like, crack, whack, crack and whacking noise. Uh, got any hot takes on good old Lars Olmstead? Um, well, he's a big
1: Imagine Dragons fan. I know Huge. that. <laughs> Huge. Huge. As much as you can be in the, what, two years they've been out since then? I don't don't know when their first single came out. Um, Yeah, so Imagine Dragons fan, also uh, obviously a golf fan. He's in the simulator. Um, He's got a simulator that they probably couldn't afford. And lots of pictures of golfers pinned up in the garage as well. Still one
0: hockey stick on the wall. One hockey stick. Lebowski, clearly you're not a golfer.
1: (laughs) Right. So the uh, that's right. So between the photos of his golf idols and the Imagine Dragons posters and the hockey stick, those all frame
0: what, Bill? A drum set. I'm curious why two characters in f- scenes that are only five minutes apart are framed with drum sets, and the name of his band is also Bad Liar. Mm. <laughs> or that's what's written on the head of the bass drum. Which is where you put your band name usually, so Lion Lars, the bad liar, mm-hmm,
1: we might find something out there, um, and I mean, we didn't we mentioned it in the hot dish, I think maybe briefly, but you know Lions Liars, so the Lions family just might be a bunch of liars. we got Lars of the Bad Liars band, so a theme going
0: on there. What could Lars possibly be lying about, Bill? I mean, this is a super stretch. I got nerded out after this about. Olmstead, from the s- fact that I I have a lot of friends in the Rochester, Minnesota area, which is in Olmstead County, in looking for it, something with it, with Fargo, I re- I found out that, well, duh, when, is it Mike Yamagata or Yanagata? Mike in Yanagita? The, Mike Yanagita, thank you, calls Marge Gunderson in the uh, original film. He says, Margie? Margie Olmstead? And she says, it's Marge Gunderson now. And that's when they get together. So I am kind of interested in the idea that is it just a light throwback, just a super light throwback to the Olm- Olmstead last name? Is there some just super creepy weird thing that's going to happen where we're going to find out that seemingly shitty Lars so far is is actually a product of Marge Gunderson?
1: Yeah, because she was pregnant. She was uh, pregnant, and yep. that would have been 1996, which would.
0: Well, no, that that's when the movie came out. It was nineteen eighty. Oh, remember, it was like eighty six or eighty seven in the movie. Yeah. So, I don't know. puts it Puts it in the framework, and for whatever it's worth, I just don't feel like Lars is Lars is a throwaway character either. Because I mean, he, I think he's gonna die with his golf clubs. <laughs> And by the way, I just I can kind of feel a hit to the head with a golf club coming. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they're going to kill him in the third episode. I don't know who dead next,
1: right? Yeah, we don't know. I mean, but if that's, if he is somehow related to Marge, if he happened to be Marge's son, uh, yeah, he, 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 that it's possible. Uh, he'd it's be the stretch his, of stretches. Like, stretch. to Be honest I with you, I mean, his you, last yeah. name would be different. He'd have to take her maiden name, or or maybe she had a kid before. Uh, that one that she's pregnant with in the movie, um, but if if she was pregnant uh, with mm-hmm. him during the movie, then that puts him early thirties. So the math works out technically.
0: I'm just doing the whole like, what's up with the drum set? Or maybe, well, maybe they just up? they they just like they just they've got the beat. You know, they're like the they're like the Go Go's. Well, you got to tie
1: the drum set in with Scotty, right? Because there's a drum set in. The lion's house. In the In lion's D- house. In Wayne's house. So Scotty's got a drum set. Lars yes. has a drum set. They're both almost the same color even.
0: And there was the comment by Lorraine about, and I don't remember what it is. I don't have the note on it, about some low rent gal that her son knocked up. And I just thought, well, what What if Wayne is just, he's just a man who who doesn't want to be pushed around by his mother and maybe found a nice lady who was escaping, whatever it is she was escaping from Roy. And I don't know, what if Dot was knocked up before Wayne? And what if we, you know, I mean, I don't, I'm not skipping ahead. So just hold that thought to the next episode. But like, what what if Wayne just wanted to be with Dot enough that he didn't care that she was pregnant? And in the Midwest, at the, you know, in general, just in general, like nobody wants to be pregnant and, not, and have to explain it to somebody so that he just, he just, maybe he just fell on the sword and wanted to be with her enough that he just said, I'll just, it's my kid. Maybe it is his kid. Maybe it's not. I'm like, I said, this is a massive stretch.
1: What's the stretch though? That, so he's that, not the father. A, of the, they, that
0: is my Olmstead random stretch. But on top of the fact that like, what if Wayne isn't the dad and what if the dad is Lars, Lars, like what? Cause, cause he's a liar. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: He's a bad liar. That's the name of his band. Like, what if that's the thing and it's not really his kid and, and that's just the real deal? And because we know later, I don't mind saying this, like, later, like, there's some beef between Lorraine and Dot about money and who gets what. And I just thought, well, that's a power struggle. I can see Lorraine asking for a paternity test before she mm-hmm. gives anybody her her wealth and dynasty. Totally.
1: I mean, they were kind of uh, talking about that kind of stuff when they were at the house with Danish. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, I like that conspiracy theory. So Lars is Scotty's dad. So <laughs> wow,
0: you're just going Lars. For it. Such Lars declarative and... statements. That's something I don't know what the hell I'm talking about.
1: Lars and Dot hooked up. Dot got preggers with Scotty. That's what, uh, and that's why they she had to split up with Roy.
0: I no. I think she escaped Roy and went to a town and was trying to seek companionship and help and something. I mean, maybe it is maybe it's Roy's kid I just I don't know I don't know all right
1: time will tell okay a couple of real quick things uh okay. in in the Olmsted house uh so can you tell me what Indra wrote in on October 30th in her date book she wrote 10 11 19 and then something
0: that's the day I believe I don't know exactly what you're talking about i I'm happy to like scroll back in my video but I think that's just the day that that bill's due. She's literally doing a whole, I'm screwed if I, this is the, because she, she went to Lars and was like, that was the final notice. Like we, we got to get that done. The fact that he thinks he's going to be a a magical golfer from Scandia, Minnesota, not going (laughs) to, not going to happen, bro.
1: Yeah. So his wife says, Hey, why don't you pick up a few shifts at the old red apple again? Yeah. Maybe try to help out a little bit. Here's a little story. Tell Um, me. Um, did you
0: know? Did you know Bob Dylan once lived in Fargo? I I did know that. That was when he was uh, Robert Zimmerman uh, because he's originally from uh, Iron Country, uh, Hibbing, Minnesota. But yes, he did. Yes, there's that's also right. a giant mural of him in Fargo now on a building. Oh, I did not know that. Um, so he lived in Fargo uh,
1: as Robert Zimmerman, as you said, uh, with another guy, and they lived on Seventh Street, which is where I lived when I grew up in Fargo. Yeah. Um, and he had a job, Bob Dylan, in Fargo at what is now Babs Coffee House. I, I believe that's still there,
0: right, Bill? The, which Babs? Babs The Babs moved. on Main. Yes, Babs is still there on Main. Yeah, that used to be the Red Apple. No way.
1: Yeah. And Bob Dylan worked at the Red Apple.
0: Did you talk to your mom? Is that How did you figure that one out?
1: No, I just remember it.
0: Dang. You know, from my time awesome. in the 50s. God, you're right. D- B- Dylan worked at the Red Apple Cafe at 604 main Avenue. Hmm. fun facts. Mm-hmm. well, the answers are out there blowing in the wind, folks but but just kidding. Never going to do that again, I'm sorry. All right it's getting uh we're, we're getting
1: towards the end here we got we got a lot to talk about still. yeah let's let's talk about um, the wet bandits. so we've got the scene where dot gets kidnapped. I wanna I'm, I'm sure you noticed this bill. mm-hmm. Um, can you tell me what was playing on the TV when Dot was kidnapped?
0: It was a show called Jason with a terrible <laughs> logo. I
1: forgot to mention this because uh, it was just another thing that was playing in the dot in the dot house. Um, it was ex- it was actually when Wayne came home to find Dot missing.
0: Oh, okay, okay.
1: There was the television or radio or something was on. And what was on was Operation Eagle's Nest, starring Ronald Reagan. Yeah. Operation Eagle's Nest, starring Ronald Reagan, is not a real movie. It's a fake movie that we first heard about in season two of Fargo. It was Mm -hmm. actually first mentioned in episode five of season two, Operation Eagle's Nest, with Ronald Reagan, and then it was later what Peggy in that same season was watching? Was, when watching. She was kidnapped.
0: Oh my god, that's a fantastic egg! Right when she was she was being held in that like cabin. Yep. Ah, did not catch that at all, man. That's a so, solid catch, friend. Yeah, that one slipped
1: by me earlier, so sorry. I had to bring it up now, though. Yeah um but yes uh uh back to the dot house as she's getting kidnapped yeah she's watching this show called jason <laughs> uh, or something like that so instead of uh instead of marv merchants and harry lime this pack of wet bandits we've got uh, ole munch yep
0: and is is pace the other guy you Am know i, I never it? did catch it his he had a name tag on his shirt sewn on but i didn't i didn't catch it Okay, I was just looking up the cast and... and there was a D, that, that there was a there, D or there something. There was an actor that
1: who played Case that looked maybe like that guy, but it's hard to tell, you know, when half his face is burnt off. Yep. Um, yeah, so great scene, ob- obvious nod to the original movie, very fun. Um, you mentioned <laughs> earlier. His name
0: on IMDb, I can't believe I didn't look this up. His name is Donnie. It is. Shut the it's fuck Donnie. up, Donnie. So, so Pace is a different guy, I guess. Yeah, but still, I just love that
1: it's Donnie. Um, as we followed Dot up to her bedroom uh, with the yarn, we notice her bedroom is all wallpapered up like a jungle, which was pretty cool. Yes. She did have a, a, brass, li- a brass lion, yes, on her dresser. But great scene. Good Fargo universe stuff here. Uh, Loved the fire take. Loved that. I mean, I was anticipating, you know, her getting caught in the... uh, It was so reminiscent of the movie. I thought she was going to be in the shower and getting caught up in the shower curtain. But glad they took it a little bit of a different way. Loved the fire um, with the Aquanet. Do they still make Aquanet? Did they make Aquanet in 2019?
0: I don't know. The majority of the Aquanet I ever bought was the easiest way to fix charcoal drawings cheap. Oh, for fixative. <laughs> yeah, like an art class. is. You know what I mean? Like, sure, if you, yeah. If you couldn't afford like the cool fixative, you'd just buy Aquanet and just slather that shit on there. But yeah, it, I think it was just such a fun scene overall. And that's why, I mean, like, we're not trying to gloss over the scenes. I'm sure everyone's like, oh, they're huge. But I mean, those scenes, the kidnapping scene, and even the scenes in the gas station where she kind of makes her stand... Along with De- um North Dakota Deputy Witt, those scenes stand alone. I don't think there's a lot outside of us learning that she knows how to get her way around. I mean, the ice, the the what to do with the making things slick or slippery mm-hmm. and sticky and whatever. She's she's using everything to her advantage. That's the big thing that we got out of that, that you got out of that. I don't s I just don't know sometimes this show is where we want to be as obvious. I mean, immediately when she walked away from Munch, I was just like where are you going? Right. And then I thought, oh, they need him. They need him to get away. It, they, you know, that's the point.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to learn more about this character, Oli Munch. Um, he's clearly a, a unique man. He's got the kilt. He's got the, He's Scandinavian of some sort. That haircut. Uh, the haircut is amazing. Did you ever see the movie Witch? Or The Witch? I don't think so. Every scene in that movie is like a classic painting, and this guy make it's like he's plucked from that
0: movie. Really,
1: I mean, every time I look at him, he he looks like a masterpiece. Huh. The way they light him, the hair, the facial expressions, the way he composes his body—that split second you see him uh, in Dot's dream, amazing. Mm-hmm. I I could look at that guy for hours.
0: Oh, really. Let me well, get, calm down. I Bill. Send you some wallpaper in that case. I'm really excited to learn more about Deputy Wit, right? Deputy Wit Far. Wit Far. Uh, I'm excited to learn more. We we talked in the 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 Hot Dish about great nod to multiple seasons with the using the ice scraper as the tourniquet. Mm-hmm. You know, Dot obviously escapes by not really ever telling her name and saying this isn't her first getaway and just. Giving us more interesting ideas of like, okay, she's never done this. I am still really torn by like what happened to her that she, breakfast is so important and Bisquick is such a big deal. It's the most important meal of the day. Well, most important meal of the day is definitely
1: a movie reference, right? Mm. Um, but the Bisquick thing, Bisquick thing, yeah. Yeah. Totally everywhere. She loves her pancakes. Because I guess they remind her of her daughter,
0: maybe. I also thought it was interesting that she smelled the orange juice. Randomly, just random, super random. Like, I noticed she that. the orange juice. I was like, did you think the OJ went bad? I don't know. Like, does it smell too tangy and delicious? Maybe not. That exact thing went
1: through my head. And I remember one time thinking, like, orange juice doesn't go bad. And I remember having bad, bad orange, orange juice. juice. Like, yeah. You're like, this is. It, does, it,
0: it can happen. This is a little too tart but orange juice can definitely go bad. We should probably, I think wrap this up. I mean, I know there's things we're we're missing. I know there's things we haven't, but we just, we have to start letting this unfold. Let's piece it together. We'll do another breakdown of the mm-hmm. season five, episode two coming up next. Anything you want to, yeah. And if we missed, uh, I'm sure we missed a bunch of stuff.
1: And if you, if you know we did, then you got to just give us a shout out Yeah. and hit us up. Email it to yeah. us. We'll bring it up next time.
0: We'd love to talk about it. So, All right, Sharpie, let's do another one in a little bit here and we'll send this out. Uh, Hope you guys are enjoying so far. We can't wait to see how the rest of this unfolds. And FX, if you're listening, please don't do two large episodes back to back a day or so before a major holiday. Think of us lowly, unpaid, do it because we like it, podcasters.
1: (laughs) They're going to be like, "Uh, they're going to do it anyway. So we'll do what we want. Yeah.
0: All right, man, till next time. All right,
1: catch you later.